the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, February the 4th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on February 4, 1945, President Franklin D. Roosevelt, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, and Soviet leader Joseph Stalin, they met. It was a wartime conference. They met at Yalta. Today in 1783, Britain's King George III finally figured out that he had lost the war. He proclaimed a formal cessation of hostilities in the American Revolutionary War. Today in 1789, electors, that would be the electoral college that's being discussed today as something that is not useful anymore to the progressives. The electors chose George Washington to be the first president of the United States. Today in 1861, delegates from six southern states that had recently seceded from the Union, they met in Montgomery, Alabama. They formed the Confederate States of America. Today in 1962, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital was founded in Memphis, Tennessee by entertainer Danny Thomas. Today in 1974, newspaper heiress Patty Hearst, Patricia Hearst, she was 19 years old, Associated Press says she was kidnapped in Berkeley, California by the radical Simeonese Liberation Army today in 1974. I know more about the background of that probably than I would need to know or would even like to know, but that's not exactly what happened. But the people who were close to her during those years told a different story. But nonetheless, that's the uh, that's the newspaper story, the news story that she was kidnapped. She was actually involved with these guys. She was actually assisting them. Worth millions of dollars, the Hearst family, of course, the newspaper people, uh, while they were robbing banks and doing a whole bunch of other things. Eventually, she left them because there were a lot of people looking for her. She ended up, and this was, I don't think, I don't know if it was ever in the news. It may have been, but she ended up, remember Bill Walton, the seven-foot guy, white guy that played basketball, Bill Walton, yeah, that Bill Walton. He's now an announcer. I think he's on CNN or one of those ESPN, I guess it is. Um, he was playing for the Portland Trailblazers during those years. And as it turned out, she was not kidnapped at all. She was living with him in a suburb of Portland, Oregon. Anyway, quite a story. But anyway, she was quote unquote kidnapped today in 1974 at age 19. Today in 1983, pop singer-musician Karen Carpenter died in Downey, California. She was 32 years old. She died from complications from anorexia. Today in 2004, the Massachusetts High Court, they declared that gay couples were entitled to nothing less than marriage and that Vermont-style civil unions would not suffice. One year ago today, President Donald Trump delivered a State of the Union address in which he hailed a great American comeback on his watch. And there was indeed 
the Great American Comeback, underway. Republican legislators were chanting, four more years, four more years. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, third in line to the presidency. She stood up after this speech, the President of the United States, forget who he was, just whomever, the President of the United States, she stood up and ripped up her copy of the speech, of Trump's speech, in front of the world as he concluded his address. Interestingly, her copy is supposed to be the copy of record, the Speaker of House, Speaker of the House copy. is supposed to be the copy of record. It's supposed to be filed for historic purposes with Congress. She ripped it up. That pretty much characterizes where the left is coming from. They hated Trump. She hated Trump. She said often that she prayed for him every day. My pastor's heart says, I doubt that. I doubt that. But that's where we are today. Much is going on in our world, and I want to talk to you a little bit about some of what's happening today. Henry Ford once said, Anyone who stops learning is old. I'm quoting him here. Henry Ford, the car guy. Anyone who stops learning is old, whether at 20 or 80. Anyone who keeps learning stays young. The greatest thing in life is to keep your mind young. I think there's probably some wisdom in that, but I want to talk to you a little bit about your mind. Not keeping it young so much as keeping it clear. Because we live in a very foggy, misty, shaded culture today. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. If you don't remember anything I say today, and I hope you will, remember, it's time to run into the Lord's strong tower. Because it's safe. It's very safe. There was a time in our nation when we looked to God as our source of strength and protection. Our national motto became, in God we trust. No, George Washington didn't do that. It was adopted by Congress in 1956. That's in my lifetime. Amid the uncertainties of Cold War. Back then, back then America's, America's leaders recognized our vulnerability. They recognized the 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 lack of of human ability to solve certain problems in the nation in the world and they said yes yes we want a motto that says in god we trust and amid all of the uncertainties of the cold war they knew exactly where to turn and they in their own way Eisenhower and others that we don't think of as great spiritual leaders. They ran to the Lord, the strong tower, because it is the safe place. It is the only safe place that exists. Joe Biden is, with the stroke of his pen, continues to dismantle what his, the previous president has done in regards to the sanctity of life, in regards to borders, 
security of our nation, marriage, family, human sexuality. It doesn't matter what it is. He just continues. I don't know if he has a grasp on what he's doing, and I presume he does. Certainly the people around him, they do. They know what he's doing. And he's just living the dream because this was his dream, to be president of the United States. With the stroke of a pen, he did yet another polarizing executive order this week. He reversed a policy that now allows taxpayer dollars to fund abortions all over the world. This while they were putting up the rainbow flag next to the United States flag on embassies around the world. But this abortion thing is not going over very well with people. This move is a slap in the face, not only to conservatives and Christians, it certainly is to us, but it's beyond that. According to a recent poll in the Washington Examiner, they're a, a kind of a conservative lean. They are conservative leaning. According to their poll that they published this week, they found that 55% of Democrats opposed taxpayer-funded abortions. 85% of independents oppose it, and 95% of Republicans oppose it. But they don't care what you think. And if you think differently than they do, then they're out to change it. And I want to talk to you about the attack, the battle for your mind in America. No, not a long time ago, not during the Cold War, but today in 2021. The New York Times pointed out this week that we have a reality crisis in America. They were quoting a number of experts, and they are. They are experts, supposedly. They have a lot of influence, the people they're quoting, and there's a bunch of them. They're calling on President Biden to form a group of intellectuals to help America rediscover reality. I'm not kidding. These steps, they say, could prod, I'm quoting them, prod more people to abandon the scourge of hoaxes and lies. If this prodding sounds vaguely familiar, it is. George Orwell, I don't know if you've read the book or not. I have. But even if you haven't, you've heard about it. The book that was titled 1984, he wrote it considerably before 1984. And he was predicting certain things were going to happen. He didn't claim to have any divine inspiration that I've seen. He just was based on human nature, kind of predicting some things. Well, Unfortunately, a lot of those things we're beginning to see come to pass in our day. But in his book, 1984, he talks about this prodding of the way people think and changing their minds, reprogramming them, basically. And in his book, there's a group in this culture that he talks about, this future culture in 1984. There's a, there's a function within that culture that's called the Ministry of Truth. The Times begins with this. I'm quoting the New York Times. Last month, millions of Americans watched as President Biden took the oath of office and called for unity. Continuing, the Times says, and I quote, but plenty of other Americans weren't paying attention to Mr. Biden's speech. They were too busy watching YouTube videos alleging that the inauguration was a pre-recorded hoax that had been filmed on a Hollywood soundstage. Or, the Times continued, they were melting down in QAnon group chats, or maybe their TVs were turned on to OAN, where an anchor was floating the baseless theory 
that Mr. Biden wasn't actually elected by the people. There was some kind of fraud involved in the election. The Times notes that 70% of Republicans believe Mr. Trump legitimately won the election. 40% of Americans, including plenty of Democrats, believe the baseless theory, I'm quoting the New York Times, the baseless theory that COVID-19 was manufactured in a Chinese laboratory. Well, there is a committee today that's underway, the research. In fact, they're headed for China. They may be on their way now. I don't know, but they will be if, if they're not. Dr. Fauci, of course, is part of that. And they're going to be, well, they're going to be getting to the bottom of where this virus really came from because they're pretty sure it did not come from China. I'm sure they'll come up with something. It'll probably have come from America. I don't know. Maybe Mar-a-Lago in Florida. I, I don't know where it will have come from. But it'll be somewhere other than China because China doesn't want to be associated with the virus that came from Wuhan. In the past year alone, the Times says, we have seen conspiracy theorists cause COVID-19 vaccine delays, sabotage a wildfire response, and engineer a false election fraud narrative. It's true. (laughs) People have been warning about this. I wouldn't take all of this too seriously because the New York Times says a lot of things about a lot of different issues. But what caught my attention on this is that it so lines up not only with George Orwell and his 1984, it does, but it lines up with things that Scripture is telling us is that we should expect to see in the end times as we move toward the coming of the Lord. There are certain things that are going to be happening, and this is a primary, a premier example of the kinds of things that we'll be seeing as we near and approach the end times and the return of the Lord. Also, it caught my attention because there are a number of experts here who really are recognized as experts from premier institutions, Stanford, Harvard, these kinds of institutions. It caught my attention because these guys are all in. They're not suggesting this. They're demanding it. Is, Is President Biden, I mean, honestly, and I say this with respect to the office, is President Biden, I mean, cognitively able to resist this kind of pressure from his beloved New York Times? I don't think he is. I really don't. So that's why I'm talking about this today. Otherwise, yeah, it's in the New York Times. I mean, I quote the New York Times because I think it's important because millions of people still read them, as do the Washington Post and others. But I wouldn't take it quite as seriously as I'm taking it if it were not for these other aspects of it that I just mentioned. But these these experts, there's a whole bunch of them, and I don't have time today to get into all of them, but some of them, this William Braniff, he's a counter-terrorism te- uh, expert, a professor at University of Maryland. He says we have to have a, I'm quoting him, holistic understanding of what the spectrum of extremism looks like in the United States, then, he said, we have to allocate resources accordingly. He's suggesting that everyone is interviewed or studied in some way to determine if their personal beliefs could possibly lead to some kind of disruption in the culture. And who would the interviewers be? I mean, who's going to decide which of us are acceptable and which of us are not based on our beliefs? Oh, we're way past 
race and equity and equality and all of that. What kinds of beliefs would qualify a citizen to, say, be reprogrammed or re-educated? Because that's where this is going. I mean, they're, they're saying this. I'll get to that in a moment. So who would, who would fall into the category of needing to be kind of tagged, needing to be reprogrammed or re-educated? That's what these elites are calling for, and there's a lot of them. And they're from, again, very um, impressive <laughs> universities. As far, I mean, I'm not impressed necessarily, but that's just me. But it's impressive. What kind of beliefs would qualify a citizen to need to be re-educated? Unfortunately, it's any kind of a belief that disagrees with the secular progressive agenda. If I'd have said this six months ago, someone would have said, and maybe they are now, but maybe many would have said, Oh, come on, Gary, you're out over your skis, man. You're, this isn't, that, that's not where we are. Today, I think you know in your heart that that is where we are. And this article and all of the tentacles of this article and all of the people that have been brought into this article from these various universities and study groups and so on with billions of dollars behind them says otherwise. So who would qualify? I mean, who would be te- would would I have to be reprogrammed? Would you have to be reprogrammed? Dr. Joan Donovan, she's a research director at Harvard University's uh, Shorenstein Center on Media, Politics, and Public Policy. She's suggesting that President Biden. It's all in this article. President Biden could set up a truth commission, similar to the 9/11 Commission, to investigate. Investigate what? Well, investigate these untruths. They're unreal. We need to have a reality check in America. That's why we need a reality czar, they're saying. Yes, they are saying that. She and other experts have been heartened by the fact that President Biden has already announced a comprehensive threat assessment of domestic extremism. So if you're extreme, you are the person that needs help, and they're reaching out to you. This isn't about controlling you, in their words. This is about helping you. It's like deprogramming a cult member. As I read this and I read what these people are saying and what I'm saying to you today and quoting them, I'm reminded of when I was a youth pastor for so many years. Kids were falling into cults and some of the secular um, psychologists, not Christians, but secular, they went through a a stage of programming that I became very familiar with, I totally disagreed with because it denied the power of God, which is ultimately the only solution for some of these kinds of problems, for all problems, as a matter of fact. But I knew there was a better way. It was the deliverance by the laying on of hands and praying for these kids, getting them into the word of God, and first and foremost, leading them to a point where they could accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and be delivered from this cultism. But it's real, and it was real then. And, man, I I guess I became kind of an expert de facto because I heard so much of this stuff, and we dealt with so many kids that had gotten in cults, especially in, in Los Angeles, in North Hollywood, but everywhere. And it's probably still that same. I'm not in youth ministry now, but it's probably carrying on. I mean, it's evil. It's dark. It's in the world. 
But these guys are taking are walking the same path and they're using some of the same things that secular psychologists use to deprogram kids that fall in adults that fall into cults to deprogram people today whom they deem to be extreme. And extreme is anything that doesn't agree with the secular progressive agenda, whether it has to do with marriage, human sexuality, the sanctity of life. It doesn't matter what it is. It's all bundled up to be the accepted philosophy. And if you're outside of that, you're extreme. And if you think you're not extreme, they then raise both fingers and they point at the White House or at the Capitol building, say, look, look, on January 6th, look what happened. Look what happened. You people who are extreme stormed the white, the Capitol, and now they're putting fences up all around Washington, D.C., and there's discussion today in Washington, D.C. about making it permanent. It's like a zoo. You go there, and the people, the people's place, <laughs> we get to stand outside the fence and look through the, look through the cyclone fence with guards everywhere. 20,000 military people in Washington, D.C. And we get to watch the people that we elect supposedly to represent us. I mean, how crazy is this? But no, you're the crazy one. You're the extremist. I'm the extremist because we don't buy into this. We're not accepting it. Dr. Joan Donovan, she says she's concerned about our society. She said, I'm afraid we'll be distracted and focus too much on these friends groups. She said they just came out to support Trump in droves. She and other experts are heartened, the New York Times says, by the fact that President Biden has announced this comprehensive threat assessment. And she warns that this prodding of people toward the real truth, as defined by the Ministry of Truth or the Reality Czar and his committee or her committee, could backfire. So she said we have to be very careful in the application of this because today's domestic extremism crisis isn't typical. She said the experts are all saying, and she agrees, that we need to use a more narrow labeling of people to be deprogrammed. She said we need to identify each group and we need to categorize them, or she uses the word label them, Here's her example. She said, a paranoid retiree who spends all day reading QAnon forums isn't the same as an armed militia leader and who should delineate one from the other. We should delineate one from the other. She says she spent years studying this kind of thing. Her concern is that if left unchecked, networked conspiracy theories and online disinformation campaigns can lead to violence. Well, nobody wants violence. We don't want violence. Nobody wants violence. She's calling it a, quote, national reality crisis. She says she fears our parallel universes will only drift further apart and civic dysfunction will grow, will only grow. And she says President Biden is standing against the flow and he's calling for unity in America. Yeah, he is calling for unity in America. And what that means is that he's calling for everybody who doesn't believe in the progressive agenda to conform change your mind and join them or at least shut up and be quiet. Don't act out on your beliefs. This is the, mo the, the most unbelievable assault on freedom of speech, freedom of thought, and freedom in general 
that I've seen not only in my lifetime, but that I've seen in history. And I've spent some time walking around the pages of history. She calls it a national crisis. This civic dysfunction is only going to grow because these people need to be reprogrammed. These are their words. They're using these words. It isn't even veiled anymore. A number of other experts are included in the Times comprehensive story. They provide this path to unity. This Rene DiResta is a disinformation researcher at Stanford University. She says there are two prongs to the misinformed masses of America. One is related to false beliefs about the CDC and COVID-19, and the other the misinformation about election fraud. She's suggesting the solution is, rather than create two parallel processes of re-education, creating a centralized tax force that could coordinate a single strategic response headed by the czar or minister of truth. The Times admits about two-thirds of the way through this long article, they, they admit, they said, this sounds a little dystopian, but let's hear them out. Well, they don't think it's dystopian at all. They're all in. I mean, this is a promo piece. It's not a news piece. But the experts continue offering their ex- expertise, which includes creating algorithms to which they can open up what people are really thinking so that they can be treated and enacted with a social stimulus to fix their word, fix the people. Fortunately, there's considerable pushback on this, at least now, by conservatives. But pushback has never stopped the secular radical left in our country from doing whatever they want to do if they are in power, and they are. The Spectator pushed back strongly, as did a number of other conservative-leaning publications. Bill Clinton tried to create something like this a few years ago, but he was ahead of his time. Now, now, now is their time, and they are relentless. And Biden, I can tell you, Biden will buy into this to some degree and perhaps deeply into it. In Orwell's 1984, he wrote this. He said, the ideal set up by the party was something huge, terrible, glittering, a world of steel and concrete, of monstrous machines and terrifying weapons, a nation of warriors and fanatics marching forward in perfect unity, all thinking the same thoughts and shouting the same slogans, perpetually working, fighting, triumphing, persecuting, 300 million people, all with the same face. This is the left's version of unity. Orwell also wrote, who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. But more importantly, in these perilous times, Christians must remember that God, not a party, controls everything. The past, the present, the future. You will remember that Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is only one minister of truth. His name is Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God who gave his life for your sins and mine and our dysfunction so that we could be new creatures in Jesus Christ. He was resurrected from the dead. He is the minister of truth. He is the truth himself. Psalm 115 says, But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. God is in control. Thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009.
Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. We need to hear from you. Thank you so much. We'll see you right here tomorrow. And by the way, you can also contribute online. Go to faithandfreedom.us. That's our website. And there's a function there. So thanks again for being with me today. We'll continue this conversation right here tomorrow.